With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. The Steelers let down Ben Roethlisberger, not the other way around. Welcome to the Steelers update from Penn Live, where we keep track of all things Steelers so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. It's nothing short of of Steelers sabotage. The Pittsburgh Pro Football Club, once known for excellence, has totally botched quarterback Ben Roethlisberger's swan song season. Everything that general manager Kevin Colbert and head coach Mike Tomlin allegedly tried to do ahead of the season to set up a proper exit for Big Ben has blown up in their faces. Well, actually, it's blown up in Ben's face. The retooling of the offensive line from aging all pros to rookies and no names on the cheap was the original sin. This faulty foundation was laid by the Steelers early on, and the house has collapsed. We traded in running back James Conner on thoroughbred back Najee Harris, who was drafted in the first round out of Alabama but it didn't make all that much of a difference. Najee is forced to run behind that shoddy Steelers line. Meanwhile, Connor took a one-year prove-it deal with the Arizona Cardinals, and he is doing just that. He is running away with the NFL Comeback Player of the Year award. How does that feel, Steelers fans? Well, it makes the Steelers look stupid, and that's at worst. They look incompetent at best. It forces plenty of pent-up frustration on Big Ben as well. He has not been the Steelers' problem this season. In fact, the last three Steelers games have showcased Roethlisberger in his finest fourth-quarter form. He won only one of these games, that feel-good victory over the rival Ravens. But he had the Steelers, despite all their flaws, on the O-line and across that defense that was supposed to be so good, in a position to pull out wins against both the L.A. Chargers and last Thursday night versus the Minnesota Vikings. Both losses cannot be hung on the broad shoulders of Big Ben. Rather, the Chargers and the Vikings ran all over that vaunted Steelers defense. If the O-line has been bad, the defensive line, once compared to a curtain of steel, has been a runny sieve. Running lanes opened up like super highways in that once solid Steelers D. 
This forced Ben to play catch-up in both games, and he was more than up to it. That is the rub. Roethlisberger, at age 39, did have enough left to give the Steelers a legitimate chance for a playoff run this season. It was the rest of the team, especially those offensive and defensive lines that aren't playoff worthy. Hell, they're not ready for prime time. Now, no, hold on. I am not saying Ben Roethlisberger should return in 2022. All indications are that Ben is ready to walk away. Then he will cruise into the Pro Football Hall of Fame the moment he is eligible. But it has to gnaw on Big Ben and the Steelers brass and stalwart Steelers veterans like Cam Hayward, who's the only real player on that D-line, that this season could have been so much more. Sure, the Steelers at 6-6-1 remain in playoff contention. There are sizable flaws in all the other AFC North teams as well. Still, no one in the 412 area code has that old familiar feeling Steelers fans once sung about. In those glory days, when Pittsburgh playoff appearances were a given, the first flakes of December snow fluttered in the air, and those voices of Steelers fans rose up in unison to proclaim, I have a feeling Pittsburgh's going to the Super Bowl. Well, There is no such singing this December. No Super Bowl intuition among Steelers Nation. Only regrets that the great Ben Roethlisberger wasn't given a better Steelers team to see how far he could go one last time. We have much more Roethlisberger praise and Steelers reprisals in this what might have been edition of your Steelers update podcast. And be sure to check out my print column first thing Thursday on Penn Live. As always, it will be packed with plenty of memes bringing this regretful Steelers saga to life. But right now, let's get right to it. Right now, let's get right to it. First up, we have Pittsburgh Post-Gazette columnist Ron Cook. He's the reporter who just might be closest to Big Ben in all of Pittsburgh. He does the weekly radio show with Ben, and he writes that Ben has nothing to be ashamed of this season. And how? Here is Ron Cook heating up his appreciation for Roethlisberger, who's like we won't see again anytime soon in what will be a poorer Pittsburgh football town when he leaves it. Cook writes this, quote, Roethlisberger was mediocre in the team's one and three start, prompting calls for his benching, even his retirement from every corner of the football world. The criticism continued after Big Ben played a poor game in a 41-10 loss in Cincinnati on November 28. It didn't matter that he played mostly good football for seven weeks. Then, Roethlisberger was spectacular in the fourth quarter of the 20-19 win against the Baltimore Ravens on December 5th. He completed 9 of 10 passes for 129 yards, two touchdowns, and a two-point conversion. His passer rating for the quarter was a perfect 158.3. 
Roethlisberger was nearly as good in the second half of the 36-28 to loss at Minnesota on Thursday night. I thought he might retire at halftime on the Vikings logo at U.S. Bank Stadium after being sacked four times in the first half and taking a savage beating. But he picked himself up and nearly brought the Steelers back from a 29 to nothing deficit, completing 20 of 29 passes in the second half for 240 yards, three touchdowns, and a two-point conversion. His final pass and an incompletion to tight end Pat Fryermuth in the end zone on the final play of the game might have been his best throw of the season. Firemuth had the ball in his hands before hits from safeties Harrison Smith and Xavier Woods knocked it loose. It was a terrific throw. Toss out that fiasco in Cincinnati where he threw a couple of interceptions. The other seven games, he threw for 14 touchdowns with one interception. His passer rating in those games was 102.25. He missed the 16-16 tie against Detroit on November 14th because of COVID-19. No matter what Roethlisberger does in the final four games, it might not be enough to get the 6-6-1 Steelers into the playoffs. The offensive line still is bad, and the defense might be worse. Both were embarrassing in Minnesota. It's hard to imagine the Steelers winning three of their final four games against the likes of Tennessee, Kansas City, Cleveland, and Baltimore. It's a lot easier to imagine the Steelers losing three of those four. That would mean a 7-9-1 finish, and it would be the first losing season of Ben Roethlisberger's career. His 17 seasons without a losing season is an NFL record. I have no idea how the season will play out, but I do know this. Roethlisberger need not feel ashamed about coming back for one last season. He's hardly crawling to the finish line, unquote. Great stuff from Ron Cook, and hell no, Ben is not crawling to the finish line. He will go out with his head held high. Unfortunately, the rest of the Steelers will slump out of this woulda, coulda season. The blame? It goes everywhere except for Ben, Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, and Deontay Johnson, who's going to be a bona fide NFL star. The GOAT coming out of the Vikings game had to be receiver Chase Claypool, whose bonehead mental mistakes are piling up fast in Pittsburgh. Here's Adam Bittner with the Post-Gazette drawing a line between Claypool's play and his actions between plays. Quote, Claypool was great between the whistles Thursday, hauling in multiple downfield passes en route to totaling eight catches for 93 yards. It all added up to his second best grade of the season, ranking behind only his 87.4 mark while grabbing six balls for 130 yards against Denver. But he was also flagged for unnecessary roughness and cost the Steelers precious seconds on that final drive by celebrating after making a catch for a first down with less than a minute to go in regulation. Understandably, the bad has outweighed the good in the post-loss discourse. So perhaps this can be a lesson to the second-year wideout of how the little things can overshadow the big things. 
I'll tell you, that's a pretty generous assessment of some of the bonehead moves by Claypool in that game and also throughout the season. But there are other Steelers goats in this subpar season, a season that's rapidly getting away despite the play of Roethlisberger. So how about Mike Tomlin and how he handled linebacker Melvin Ingram? You remember Ingram was signed before the season only to slip away from the Steelers after about a half dozen games of malcontentment. Now Ingram is shining for the Chiefs in Kansas City. Here's Joe Starkey with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette sorting out that Steelers messy handling of Melvin Ingram. Quote, Melvin Ingram, a player the Steelers coveted not only as insurance for T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith, but also as somebody they could unleash in any number of packages to torture opposing quarterbacks. Well, for whatever reason, maybe he thought he was misled, or maybe he spotted something rotten in the Steelers' day-to-day culture. Ingram became so unhappy that he requested a trade and seemingly even faked an injury. Needless to say, the Steelers, unable to make the situation work and unwilling to make Ingram stay, granted him his wish. Ingram went to Kansas City, where by all accounts, he has helped transform the Chiefs' defense. All while the Steelers lose games or tie them, often with nobody's helplessly flailing at outside linebacker. Consider the words of Chiefs defensive corner Steve Spagnolo. Quote, what's great about Melvin is watching him, not just on the field, but in the meeting rooms, around the building, around the guys. It was evident to me that this man loves football. He's always here. He's always around, unquote. That doesn't sound like the Melvin Ingram we saw in Pittsburgh under Mike Tomlin. So what's the problem? What's the problem? Well, how about it, Mike Tomlin? What went wrong with Ingram in Pittsburgh? Said Tomlin, quote, I enjoyed working with Melvin. It just didn't work out the way we envisioned, the way he envisioned. And sometimes that happens in free agency, unquote. In other words, stuff happens. That's the best Tomlin can do to explain the Melvin Ingram disaster. So let me get this straight. The Steelers, with problems all over their defense, let a quality linebacker like Ingram go only to watch Devin Bush, whom the Steelers traded up to select at pick number 10 in the draft three years ago, all but flame out at inside linebacker. Well, Bush was put on the spot, forced to comment on his subpar season in his first extensive media availability on the subject this week. And here's Devin's take versus the rude reality as related by Ray Filippaldo writing for the Post-Gazette. First, the way Bush sees it, quote, My first year and my second year were two good years. My third year is something I've never experienced before, especially coming off an injury like that. That was my first time going through an injury like that, first time getting surgery, first time doing rehab, first time being away from the game for a year. So it was definitely a learning experience. I had a lot of ups and downs, a lot of good times, a lot of bad times, but I think I'm still the same player. 
I feel like I'm the same player. I know I'm the same player. The stat sheet might not reflect that, but no one on the Steelers is playing to their potential. That just goes to show where we are in the record book and where we stand in the division, unquote. Well, there you have it. Bush pointing a finger at other players on the Steelers. That's not very nice and it's not very honest. So here's Ray Fittipaldo with his dose of reality for Bush. Quote, the actions of the coaches say otherwise about Devin Bush. A few weeks before the start of the season, general manager Kevin Colbert traded for veteran Joe Schobert because he was concerned Bush wasn't ready to resume his role as the defensive play caller. Schobert, who was acquired for a six-round pick, immediately was given the green communication dot on his helmet, which is designated for the player who communicate with the coaches pre-snap and get the other players aligned on the field. Bush has played 82% of the Steelers' defensive snaps this season. He comes out of the game when the Steelers play six defensive backs, and on Thursday night against the Vikings, when the Vikings were running all over the Steelers, both he and Schobert were subbed out for journeyman Buddy Johnson. Why? Well, head coach Mike Tomlin said, quote, we weren't whooping enough tail, unquote. Hey, Ray Filippalo is right. Bush wasn't whipping any kind of tail. He was getting his tail kicked. So it's another Steelers regret, to be sure. At this point in the season, there are too many to count. Subpar football teams are a lot like unhappy families, as described by Leo Tolstoy, who once wrote this, quote, happy families are all alike. Every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way, unquote. The source of the Steelers' sorrows has to be not doing enough for Ben Roethlisberger, the quarterback who has done nearly everything for this team and this franchise. And that kind of regret settles in the heart, and it's never forgotten. Well, that is your Steelers update for now, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Let's hope we have some more good against those Tennessee Titans this Sunday at Heinz Field. Whatever happens, though, we will report it raw and unvarnished and unsentimentally right here on your Steelers Update podcast. It is fresh every Wednesday, so download it wherever you download your favorite podcast, or better yet, just sign up so you get it automatically. And of course, log on to penlive.com for my Thursday morning column and all of your real-time Steelers news. Thanks and season's greetings, everybody.